0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Screen Geeks Radio, episode 136. This is Dave.
1: This is Ethan. And
0: And I am Jack. Jack joins us from the UK. Thank you so much for joining us, sir.
1: Would have been a lonely show without you.
0: Well, and I would have felt bad anyway, because this was kind of a last-minute thing. Barry ended up calling in sick, and I'm like, well, Jack should have been here in the first place. I'm an idiot, so... What do you do? But Barry is sick. He should hopefully be back next week. We'll see if he kicks this bug and uh, stuff like that. But let's before this is the big week. This is the week we talk about our best of the year awards. Like my goal is to have this up before the useless Golden Globes actually start broadcasting.
1: Go the tourist! <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I'm pulling for, uh, um, for a Burlesque. Oh, yeah, you're pulling for that one, yeah. if you know what I mean. Oh! <laughs>
0: I just kind of walked right into that one, didn't I? That was my bad. All right, yeah,
1: yeah. Jerking around must have caused a flame out.
0: Okay. Um, Let's go, before we get to all that, we'll do our regular show and all that fun stuff, let's talk about what we watched this week. Uh, Ethan, you want to kick us off?
1: Sure. I uh, saw Vampire's Kiss for the first time ever. Did you? Ooh. This this, uh, movie led me to make a statement that got me into some trouble with some friends when I stated that I think that Nicolas Cage is a more fearless and interesting actor than Johnny Depp. I can see the argument for that. I think that Nicolas I, I Cage agree. does what acting is about. Expression, being fearless, and it's all in this movie, man. It's all in it.
0: I think you make the, 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 the argument that he throws himself wholeheartedly into every role he has, whether it be Dr. Fu Manchu and the uh, Werewolf Woman of the S.S.S. trailer,
1: or the S.S. trailer, or even—I mean, even Ghost Rider—for all
0: its craptasticness, there's no doubt he threw himself into that thing.
1: Well, and the thing is, there's—I'm sure you guys have seen that famous uh, Nicholas Cage losing his shit video. Yes. Like virtually half yeah. the clips from that thing is, are scenes from this movie. And I kind of want to run down the street of Saint Catharines in Montreal, going, "I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire!" <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, wow. All right, then. So I was, I was going to ask... Never mind. I was going to ask Alice Milano when it was in it, but I just realized that was the wrong movie.
1: Oh. You've seen that, haven't you?
0: I've, I've heard enough about it to think that I've seen it.
1: You've seen Screen Caps?
2: <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm good. Thanks. Okay. Uh, next, I, I watched something I've been meaning to see for a while... Uh, Odd Sack, which is a visual album from Animal Collective, one of my favorite bands, and I know the term "visual album" sounds incredibly pretentious. Even my friend who plays in an art rock band said that was the most pretentious thing he'd ever heard. But I've been meaning to see this for a while, and uh, it was cool. Like, it's a lot of it's pretty typical video art, but there's this awesome scene where. Um, like, this family is, like, camping, and they're, like, roasting marshmallows, but then, like, they start eating and all the goo just starts, like, dripping out of their mouth and onto their hands, and, like, Arr! and this vampire comes out and starts feeding on one of them. It's pretty awesome.
0: So, it sounds like, essentially, like, it's, it's like doing a concept album, but doing the, mu- the video to the whole thing, too. Yeah. Okay. I can respect that.
1: Yeah. Um, sounds pretty insane yeah it's good if you're a fan of the music it's it's definitely <laughs> worth checking out nice um and the last thing i'll talk about is i finally started watching the wire i'd probably be done the first season oh. by now if it weren't were some t- technical difficulties with some shitty scratch discs i got from MovieLand. Oh. thanks guys <laughs> but uh yeah i'm really enjoying this show it's it's really dense, but the thing is, what's keeping me into it is just the characters in it are awesome. There's this guy in particular, Omar, who is the biggest badass ever. So yeah, he's. I'm excited to get even deeper into it.
0: Nice. I've heard. Um, uh, well, obviously, yeah. if you ever listen to Slash Filmcast, you know how. All over themselves, They're, they fall over themselves to, to talk big about that show. So I need to check it out at some point.
1: And even people I know in real life who like don't even normally have like great tastes and stuff are like, it is the the best show of all time. So it's like, finally, okay, New Year's resolution:
0: watch the wire. That or
1: quitting smoking. I decided on the wire
0: because <laughs> you can't have two. That's just too much.
1: <laughs> and that's all I'm going to talk about.
0: Fair enough, Jack. Was there anything you wanted to bring up in particular?
2: Um, yeah, I, uh, I saw Crumb, which uh, I fell in love with and think it might be one of the best documentaries uh, I've ever seen.
1: For um, some reason, I thought you were going to say, I yeah. saw Crumb. <laughs> I... I,
2: I... <laughs> <laughs> no, no I've, um, I didn't get around to that one just yet. Yes. But uh, Crumb, I've always respected Robert Crumb as an artist, and I just found that such a kind of interesting look at man and this kind I love the. It's, a, it's got a mix of documentary styles in it. Really, just it fascinated me as a film and as an insight into the artist. Have you guys seen it?
0: I have not no. seen it. It's in my queue on Netflix because I know Criterion just came out with a, a release of it. I'll, I'll,
1: mm-hmm. I like I, Terry's Wiggle. i will it. it.
0: Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll have to see it at some point. <laughs>
2: Uh, I saw um, I saw Late Spring by Ozu, which hmm. was a film I really ended up digging. I, I find Ozu's work fascinating as is what okay, I feel it's something. It's an odd way to describe a film, but it's something you don't have to pay the greatest amounts of attention to. Yet you still appreciate everything
1: that happens in it. I actually think we're I, watching that film next week in my class, one of my classes. I'm interested to hear what you think about it. It's a really well, I've only seen a Tokyo Story, and I like that movie a lot, but the thing in that movie that obviously sticks out for me is that line, isn't life disappointing? <laughs> it's a
2: very true line. <laughs> and um, finally, I saw The Public Enemy, which... Um, It's good. I'm not the biggest crime or gangster movie fan, but I enjoy any film where a man rubs
1: grapefruit in a woman's face. How were Chuck D. and Flavor Flav's performances in it?
2: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You'd be very surprised to find anyone like them in a movie from the 1930s. Mm. Fair
0: enough. Right on. So the cake, the Cagney rap. I love some good Cagney.
1: Who doesn't?
2: I'm very impressed, by the way. Okay.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right on. That it for you, sir?
2: <laughs> that's it for me.
0: All right, I'll I'll keep mine fairly brief. Uh, I saw I finally got a hold of a copy of Joe Dante's The Hole. Uh, my copy that I had importing got delayed, so I ended up getting it through less <clears throat> legit means. But I'm going to be sorry. This that's guy. just such a funny
1: title, <laughs> Joe Dante's Hole. The Hole,
0: the Hole. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have no I idea. I it was the hole in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, you could see John D- John Do- D- D- Joe Donde's hole in 3D. That's just exactly what everyone wants. That's not going <laughs> yeah, to traumatize children at all. I, I, Jack, I know you saw this too. I'm shocked this movie has not had a U.S. release yet.
2: No, it's completely... I I would imagine it did pretty well over here, actually. I imagine it got quite a popular release over there.
0: I would think so too. What I like about it is, it is definitely a creepy movie, and it is a scary movie in spots. But it's not; mm. it, it's definitely geared more towards kids. So definitely, it, yeah, it doesn't push the the gore envelope hardly at all. I mean, there's some blood here and there, but it's not overwhelming. And by the end of the film, it actually has a very interesting message to kids about facing your fears and things like that. And I could really see this doing well over here, but for some reason, it doesn't even have a distributor yet. So I'll, I'm importing it from Hong Kong. <laughs>
2: Very
1: uh-huh. awesome. Yeah. Think of all those like that, that like five year old who's like slaving to bring you your copy of Joe Dante's hole. That that five year old Chinese boy who's feeding his family just so you can see his hole.
0: And I just don't and I don't even have the common courtesy to buy the three D version. I'm just buying the regular Blu-ray. Okay. Alright then. Uh that's really the only movie outside of top ten stuff that I finished up, and Started watching Eureka again, which is an incredibly fun, goofy sci-fi show, as opposed to being, like, hard sci-fi, like Fringe. And, yeah, just digging through a Castle some more and just having fun like that, so just keeping busy, watching fun stuff. Um, I guess we should go ahead and move into what hit theaters this past weekend, and we have got, wow, an incredible stinker that if you, if you want to read Barry's review over at Maui Time, I'll probably put a link to it in the Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash screengeeks. He said that he forgot he was watching a comedy and thought it was one of the most depressing movies he's ever seen. He put it on par with The Breakup.
1: I like The Breakup. Do ya? Yeah.
0: All right, then. Well, you might like this.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, then we, nah, that Ron Howard <laughs> douchebag directed it, so...
0: <laughs> Don't hold back. Don't hold back. Uh, we've got, in limited release, we've got Ongbok 3, which is apparently a complete wreck as well, and then we've got The Green Hornet, which... Did either of you guys see it this weekend? I saw it. I saw it. I'll let you guys go first.
2: <laughs> Which um, one?
0: I, Whoever wants to jump in. Uh, Jack, why don't you kick us off?
2: Uh, I actually, re- I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I'm a big Seth Rogen fan, big Michelle Gondry fan. I wouldn't call this a Michelle Gondry movie in any way, shape, or form. It's. It reminded me a lot of the kind of. Uh, action superhero movies I used to watch as a kid kind of like The Rocketeer or The Mask though now that I think about it more about it, it really reminded me of Starsky and Hutch which is another film I really enjoyed. It's not an amazing movie by any means but it kept me thoroughly entertained and um, yeah. The person I saw it with despised it.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. Ethan, what was your take on it?
1: Honestly, this was the most uninterested I felt while watching a film in a long time. I just was incredibly bored during it. And I, I think actually part of the movie's problem is Michel Gondry's direction. Because lots of his flourishes, they're cool. But the problem is they're not they don't serve the story or the film in any way. They're just, oh yeah, that's cool. It'd be more interesting if Gondry could do something kind of in the vein of danger diabolic and kind of turn like superhero iconography on its head. But it's just like, okay, uh, it's like if you were watching The Wire and there was like a scene with puppets, you'd be like, That's cool, but <laughs> I wanna watch, you know, Omar kill people.
2: <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, I don't I don't think this will be a movie for everyone. My now, friend turned to me after it finished and said, "I knew you'd enjoy it, but I don't think anyone else would." <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I had a fun time with it, but I'm on the opposite end of Jack. Whereas I, you know, I'm not a big Seth Rogen fan, and I think oh, there's some there's a lot I like about it. I actually think that Michelle Gondry did great with the action sequences. I do huh. agree with Ethan that it's probably the least Gondry-esque film that he's made, but that's because he was trying something completely and totally new and different from what he usually does, which I really do admire. I think for the most part it worked. The three, the converted 3D actually
2: didn't look too bad.
1: I saw it in 2D because I was hungover when I saw it. and I was like, I can't risk a, another potential headache.
2: <laughs> it's the best convert I've seen, but that's still not saying a lot.
0: Yeah, and I hate 3D, so me saying that it's it's the best that I've seen, you know, it's not bad, isn't saying a heck of a lot either. I yeah. think Jay J Chow was great in it, I
1: thought. I found, yeah, I found, actually he was one of the things I did like. I found his broken English very endearing. Yep. I agree.
0: Yeah, I think he's got a pretty bright future ahead of him. Uh, I hope in the U.S. I know he's already big in Asia. Uh, Christoph Waltz was—I thought he waste
1: useless. He,
0: he was a waste, but you could I tell he was having fun. it was fun. Nicolas Cage with a Rastafarian <laughs> accent. That's what. Okay, since Barry's not here, that's precisely what he said on our Wild 105 spot, and I could see that working so well. <laughs> It'd be on the levels of of Steven Seagal being the the Mexican drug lord in Machete.
2: I think for the first time, this was the first time I actually enjoyed Cameron Diaz in a movie for a long time. He was was useless in it
1: too. Why was your character even in the movie? Like that was kind of my question. Why didn't they just have Ejo do all the stuff?
2: (laughs) It's just because they needed a woman. Yeah, (laughs) I thought for once she wasn't a damsel in distress. She was just—it was nice to have a woman who was actually smarter than the superheroes for once.
0: And therein lies my other problem. It, uh, again, this is the, the not being a fan of Seth Rogen thing. He he played a doofus character, like he almost always plays anyway, and I've never mm. connected with it. So, in the fact that they wrote the script, I think a lot of the problems with the film lie directly at the script's feet.
1: Yeah, and the, th- the thing is, like, I'm a, I'm normally a big Seth Rogen fan, but in this he just felt tame, like he felt leashed in, like by the PG-13 rating. Honestly, the only thing in this movie that made me laugh was when he referenced Cocoon.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was very funny. I uh, did, did you guys notice there's a really strange scene after um uh, Christoph Waltz's goon has gone out and there's that big kind of odd split screen montage of all these people killing Yeah things. I won't say what. <laughs> and then um, it just suddenly there's a like a two second scene where Christoph Waltz goes, You have failed to capture the Green Horn. It found like a really bad like game over video game cutscene. It just didn't. It, it just took me completely out of the movie just for those two seconds. I was like, "What is that? That is yeah. the strangest directorial choice I've seen in a long time." I think the montage
0: worked. Is just when they came out of it, it was so weird, and having and focusing on the guy in the Packers outfit was. I mean, it was funny, but it totally mm. just kind of wiped out any cool factor that that pre, that previous montage had built up.
1: I, I will say, I did like the James Franco cameo. Yes. <laughs> That and the cocoon reference were the only two funny things in the movie.
0: Yeah, I, I uh, you know, I mean, it's not the worst. I mean, it, it's it's not horrible, horrible, but it's not amazing by a long shot. I don't think.
1: I just think uh, everyone involved in this project was wrong for it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely would rather see Michel Gondry move get back to doing what he does best. But it, I, again, it's kind of like Kevin Smith with Cop Out. Although this was nowhere near the. Failure that that cop out was directorially speaking. I like I kind of admire him going out and trying something new.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So that that gets some goodwill as far as I'm concerned. So okay, so uh, so w- would you tell anyone to see this movie? I'm never going to watch it again.
1: Um, A person in my audience clapped, so maybe
2: I might do, but only like very specific people.
0: <laughs> and then it's like 2D. Matinee prize. <laughs> to be honest, I feel
2: yeah,
1: like I it's... who should go first.
2: Whoever. Uh, uh, I think it's a Friday night movie. Really. I could see that. Uh, well, to
1: be, to be honest, talking about it right now, I feel like I was a little hard on it initially when I saw it. I, maybe it was just being hungover and being thinking about something else that was happening. I was just not giving it the chance it deserved, but I don't know.
0: Fair enough. Yeah, it, it's it's again. It's not awful, but it's not something I'm gonna buy. It's not anything that blew my mind. I had to struggle to remember. Oh yeah, I did see that on Wednesday, didn't I? <laughs> so yeah. All right. Let's move on to what came out. What is coming out on DVD this week? We've got a, some really good stuff, some really weird stuff, and some god awful stuff. Uh, we got Justified season one coming out. We got Takers, the uh, documentary Freakonomics, which looks kind of interesting. Animal Kingdom, um, the sequel. No one asked for Death Race two.
1: <laughs> oh yeah
0: holler uh ryan reynolds in buried which i have a feeling we're going to be talking about that later right jack yeah okay i'll, I'll hold up we'll hold off on discussing that uh we coming from criterion we've got the naked kiss as well as shock corridor coming on blu-ray and dvd and finally nice. oh go ahead what was that, Ethan? i was saying okay. i was just going nice oh yes Oh no! That's that. That's the next thing. This is this is instead of a crap title of the week. This is the it's awesome title of the week, and that would be Haven. Hey it's Ernest the complete series. Hmm. Oh yeah, starting the one and only Jim Varney. Oh yeah. Oh yes. So okay, <laughs> so we're gonna qu- quit. Uh, okay, yeah, I guess we can skip talking about all that stuff. Let's move into news. Yeah. All right. I guess I'll go first. Um, did anyone? I'm guessing everyone saw the new Spider-Man picture.
1: Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah.
0: I kind of like it. it. It seems a little more realistic as opposed to super muscle bound Spider Man.
1: Uh, I was going to say, um, it, uh, it doesn't, the, I don't know, just the tone of the photo and what, it looks kind of just dark. Like he's like solemn, he's like, his head's down, and like it's night and he's all scratched up. It's like, I want to see him crack some jokes.
0: Yeah, that, that's the one thing they're going to have to do with this movie. That's the only thing I think that can hold it back because their cast is so solid so far.
1: It's a superhero
2: movie post-Dark Knight. It's going to have to be dark, otherwise audiences won't like
1: it, apparently.
0: <sighs> That's so sad. But probably- I miss the
1: days of Blank Man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or Meteor Man. Mm. Oh yeah. And might as well just get the other superhero picture out of the way, Chris Evans' is Captain America. Um, yeah, he's wearing a biker outfit, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I guess we can move on from that. (laughs) Uh, We've got news coming out that for everyone who's pissed like me that when they released Lord of the Rings on Blu-ray it was only the theatrical editions, we may be getting the Blu-ray editions this year. Shocker. I'm surprised that that it might be this year as opposed to next year, but that's about the only... Christmas? Yep. Mm -hmm. Maybe. (laughs) We shall see.
2: I don't know if I want to sit through the extended editions again. The extended editions were nice, kind of watched, but then... I can just live with the free hour versions. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I did the. I, I'm never going to do the uh, the the marathon session of all three movies back to back to back in extended edition form again because that just about made me want to kill myself. <laughs> and then finally, we have got the Scream Four trailer. Did either of you guys see the new one? No. Yeah. I know it's probably not going to be the best, but I'm excited for it. Me too. I, um, yeah, see it looked like a Scream movie. Unlike Scream 3. <laughs> as long as it's not Scream 3, I'm good.
1: All mm, right.
0: So, Ethan, I know you got a couple stories.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, Dan Deacon, who's a favorite of mine, an electronic musician, will be composing the score for um, Francis Ford Coppola's Twixt Now and Sunrise. There's not really a lot to discuss here, but. I just, that got me really excited when I read that on pitchfork and uh, I'm guessing his daughter turned him on to him. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Next story. Um, The alien prequel is an entirely new movie now.
0: This is one of the oddest things I've seen (laughs) come about in quite some time.
1: I'm kind of happy about it. I am too, but Sorry, I'm eating a candy cane leftover. But um, I was going to say something. It just seems like really surprising. Like, think about it that uh, a studio would be developing a property. You know, they have a brand name and they just like would shave that brand name off. Like, that's pretty ballsy. It is. I, I
0: applaud them for understanding that, hey, you know, this isn't quite working this way. This is evolving into something else. So let's go ahead and roll with it. Because, like you said, that's a rare thing to see these days.
1: Yeah. And, um, I'm not really that excited to see it because I think Ridley Scott has kind of entered his Michael Jordan of the Washington Wizards part of his career. Sports <laughs> reference. Hope you'd like that, Dave.
0: I do. Thank you, sir.
1: But, yeah, we'll see. Maybe they changed it because they saw the
2: Predators didn't really get anyone excited.
0: Possible. Maybe. Possible. Very possible. <laughs> Although if Cameron, you know, if, if they'd gotten someone like Cameron to do, you know, Predators or, you know, Cameron to do the Aliens or something, that would probably change things up. Of course, he's just too busy doing Avatar 16.
1: And saving saving rainforests as well, Dave.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was all you had, right, sir?
1: Oh, uh, this is one I just thought of when referencing Krull. Uh, Peter Yates died.
0: Yes. How did I miss th- How did I forget about that? Having just yeah. watched Bullet not too long ago, wow, yeah.
1: This guy's got an interesting career because you've got like respect, really respect movies. You know, you got, you got Bullet and uh, Breaking Away, and then you have Crawl. And I love Crawl, but it's just like that's so just different.
0: Yeah, yeah he, he was one to uh, do the the broad spectrum of films. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm pulling up his IMDb right now. I don't know how we spaced that. So yeah. Yeah! Wow, he's done a lot of stuff. Um, holy crap! He worked on the Saint TV series. That was flipping awesome. Mm. The show that gave us Roger Moore. Oh yeah. <laughs> cool. Oh, and I forgot to bring up one thing I got this week that I watched. Totally spaced it. I got my my Uber edition of Battle Royale from the UK finally.
2: Ooh,
1: yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, did you get this, Jack?
2: Um, I I was supposed to get it as a crisp present. And then I called the guy who was getting it for me, and he's like, yeah, I didn't get it. And now it's not being sold anymore. Uh, I think so Arrow, I Arrow's it.
0: website proper still
2: has them. Yeah.
0: They're a little spendy, but well, yeah. It's going for like 75 bucks on eBay now.
2: I can't afford that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's not that much to get it straight from Arrow, but um, I guess some <laughs> HMVs are still carrying them. You might get lucky that way, too. I've been looking around. Fair enough. I'm definitely very interested in <laughs> I have to say, this is probably one of the most thorough sets I've ever seen for a single film. I'd easily put it on far, on par with, like, the uh, the Brazil set from Criterion. Just in terms of just how much content there is, along with the behind-the-scenes uh, features and all the books in, in, in included in the, the commentaries and the promotional materials. It's a really impressive and gorgeous set.
2: Yeah. I like those type of sets, definitely.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, you will dig it. It's it's worth getting a hold of if you can. Yeah. Or actually since you're in the UK, uh, they're doing just the special edition which is the discs only for
2: a lot cheaper like in February. Yeah, but you don't want that. <laughs> Nobody wants that. And have you seen the box arts on it? It's yeah. yeah, yeah. But it
0: is a gorgeous set. If you if you have the means to get hold of a copy, I highly recommend it. So okay, I I'm guess definitely. we should go ahead and it's take right. yeah. We should take a break. We'll come back and uh, talk about our, the best films of 2010 right after this. Sue Ellen Greenblatt is a real person, not an internet celebrity. So we've enlisted Billy Flynn and the Vicar to help her tell her story.
2: Geek Radio Daily gives me geeky news about movies, new DVD releases, even comics and gaming. Geek Radio Daily makes me feel special. Ah yeah. Womanly. Yeah.
1: Uh, okay, so the episodes are just 15 minutes, perfect for my commute, or for just geeking out while I'm at the office. Mm. All in one concise love package. Ooh, the package, baby. Uh
0: Uh-huh. And the best part is that
2: it's a daily cast, so I'm always in the loop. Sometimes I listen to it out of the bath, put on little outfits. Uh! It makes me want to invite all my friends over to show how refreshed I feel. a mm. slumber party, baby.
1: What? That's not what I said.
2: Get out the chocolate mousse. Duct tape.
1: <laughs> oh, get out of here, you freaks.
2: Geek Radio Daily.
0: One 15-minute podcast provides 15% of the USDA-recommended daily allowance of geeky goodness. Subscribe through iTunes or visit geekradiodaily.com. Ugh!
1: my name is unfortunately rodrigo cortez i'm guilty of buried and this is screen geeks radio
0: and we are back talking about the best films of 2010 unfortunately since barry isn't here he won't we won't be able to talk about his list however it has been uh, published over at maui time weekly uh over at MauiTime.com. I'll go ahead and put a link in the show notes and on the Facebook page and all that fun stuff. Actually, I think I already did put it on the Facebook page, so...
1: And I, I really wish he was here so I could make fun of him for it, but oh well. Which part of the
0: list did you want to make fun of him for? Oh, Wall, Wall Street?
1: No, there's there's a big one.
0: Oh, number five?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Does it have to do with, with Sir Ridley Scott? Possibly. Okay. Did you watch the movie yet? Nope. <laughs> okay, okay, just making sure, just making sure. All right, well, let's not do that. Okay, well, right now, we, we, we can give him a hard time next week if we want to. Um, we're just going to count ten through one. Uh, we're just going to kind of go all cycle through ours, talk about them, and then we might spend the end talking about a few honorable mentions so we don't spend more time talking about those in our top ten lists. Actually, do you want to start off with those? Why not? Okay, Ethan, I know sure. you got a few you really want to bring up, so why don't you kick that off?
1: Uh, the Fighter, a movie I really initially was like, that was really good, but as as I thought about it more, I realized how much I really enjoyed it, and how much those wacky, zany Bostonians got to me.
0: <laughs> and and Conan's sister. Yep. There you go. Right on. Anything else? Uh, we want, we'll just uh, go through all our see, lists.
1: Well, oh, should, should I do it, then you do it? or Yeah, that's where I figure we'll do it that way. Okay, okay. Just
0: go all the way through your list, and we'll move yeah
1: okay you go
0: oh no no i meant go through your list i Watch thought it. oh
1: okay glad <laughs> we have this all on uh yeah we all had this ready. beforehand yeah okay my next would be let me in which i was a film that i thought existed beautifully as its own film i forgot about the original while watching it and i i really enjoy it i think it's one of the best dramas that came out last year not just a horror film but a great drama And it has the best set piece of any film last year with the uh, car crash.
0: Right on. Mm. Cool.
1: Uh, Next, Greenberg, a movie that really just, just barely missed my list, but a movie that stayed with me all year. And I, and th- know people are like, yeah, but he's unlikable, yeah. But like, would you like, when when you watch Five Easy Pieces, are you like, Jack Nicholson's unlikable, yeah? No, <laughs> it's it's a fascinating character study, and it has, I think, some of the. I love the cinematography in it. There's this shot where he's coming out of a pool, and there's like a jet flying, and I was like, awesome. And, uh, yeah, and uh, Rice Eiffens, in particular, I think, gives one of the best supporting performances of the year. So, yeah, love that film. Uh, Next would be Trash Humpers from Harmony Kareen. The uh, first film he's made since Gummo that actually lives up to that film's promise. And uh, this movie is very disturbing and very funny. And I enjoyed watching it with friends who were just liking it as much as me. So... It's a good party movie. Well um, next would be 127 Hours. Uh, a incredibly moving film experience for me. I I was really embarrassed by how emotionally I did react to it. But, yeah, I, I thought it was a great movie. And I thought Danny Boyle, All His Flourishes, I thought were cool. They, they weren't. He had yes. to do those things to make the movie work. They're not just him showing off. And uh, the moment where he pulls, just pulls away from the rock and he gets out was the most cathartic moment I've had in any film this year so, Fair yeah. enough,
0: right on, cool um, Jack, why don't you kick out give us about five or so at most if you would of, of runner-ups for you
2: Cool, I just want to preface mine with saying, in England I st- we still haven't got The Fighter or Black Swan or a lot of really awesome looking movies so sadly they will be absent from my list I'm not an idiot I just haven't seen them. <laughs> Um, but uh, uh, my first mention is uh, Shutter Island Uh, I really dug this movie got in with the uh, really enjoyed it on its second watch as well where you start picking up on everything you missed the first time I thought um, I'm a big Scorsese fan and I think this is um, very not up to its best work but still a very enjoyable watch and it's a good thumbs up from me uh, following that, um, really loved the documentary Catfish. Really drew me in for, um, well, there's a lot of argument at the moment whether it's real or not. If it's not real, it's still a bloody interesting and entertaining movie. Uh, cool. Kick Ass, a movie that I really dug and had fun with, and uh, Jackass 3D, a movie oh, that yeah. I really dug and had fun with. Yay! And, Little mention, my fifth mention, is just to a small film. I think it came out last year in the States, but over here it's a, a town called Panic. Weird Belgium animated movie that makes no sense at all, but you don't care because it's so freaking awesome. Right on. I really recommend it to anyone out there because it's, it's all stop-motion animation with like these little action figures of a cowboy, a, a horse, and a Indian, and they're just live in a house, and see monsters try and take their walls. It, It's amazing.
0: <laughs> right on. Cool. Sweet. Alright, is that all you had, sir? Or did you
2: have one more? Um, I could mention Easy A, but I will not
0: <laughs> Okay, well, well then I'll start mine off by mentioning Easy A, because I had so much fun at this movie. I thought it was a good, a really good Teenage movie that wasn't condescending or talking down to kids, but it was just a really solid comedy all the way through. And the greatest
1: on-screen parents of all time. Yes, exactly. When I basically, when I grow up, I want to be Stanley Tucci's character in that movie. Like when I have kids, but I mean, without making them watch the bucket list, but still.
2: <laughs> See, I want to be Stanley Tucci's character in *Belleek*. Last...
1: <laughs> Not the lovely bones.
2: Oh,
0: oh, you went there, sir. You went there. Are you that shaman girl? The <laughs> <laughs> uh, next one I'll bring up is one that was, we we've I, I know I loved on early last year, but The Book of Eli still sticks with me. I think it was a really good, it, I think it was a great futuristic samurai western somehow. I,
1: I don't really, weird. I don't have that much interest in seeing the movie, but I really want to listen to the score, because it was done by Atticus Ross.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, that adds another level of awesome to it. That was an incredibly solid movie, and, and what well worth checking out. I'm going to buy it at some point once it hits a decent price point. Definitely. It's it's just a, a good, solid action movie all the way through, I thought. Uh, next up, I've got Wreck 2 from Spain. Uh, that's This came out in the summer up in Denver. And what I love about it is the fact that it took the zombie genre and kind of took it in a new direction. Um, I don't know if you, you guys have seen the first one, right? Oh, yeah. I haven't. Okay. Okay. Um, The Origin of the Zombies is taken to a new level in the second film, and really goes to fascinating places talking about religion and faith, and I just thought it was ast- outstanding. It was a great film. And I guess the last one I'll bring up is probably going to be The Boys, which is a film about the Sherman Brothers from Disney. I know it's odd, but what I love about it, this, these are the guys who wrote most, just about every Disney movie song you've ever loved, or Disneyland song, or anything. And what really struck me about the film is, yes, it's about the magic they had and, and just how talented they were and their low upbringings and blah, blah, blah. But what was fascinating was that this film didn't flinch at all about the fact that these brothers haven't really spoken in the past 40 years. It doesn't move away from the fact that after Walt Disney died, the company kind of went to crap, where they say, it wasn't fun anymore, so we quit. And then they go to Roy Disney saying, you know what? This place kind of stunk, so I quit. And it was, you just don't see that kind of thing very often from a Disney-produced film. And it's incredibly intriguing. It's very well done. The music is uh, almost obnoxiously toe-tapping. It's just so good throughout the whole film. And they only use music written by the Sherman brothers or their dad, which was just incredibly cool. So um, I guess without further ado, let's move on to our top ten lists. Did you guys have a hard time putting one together this year? Like narrowing it down to ten? Yeah, there were
1: some movies, like some of my honorable mentions, leaving them off, like, it, it killed me, man. It did it, it kill me.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was a difficult year. I, I look at my my honorable mention list, and it could very easily read as a top ten
1: list. Oh, I especially wanted. I I really wanted. I I hated that green. I had to leave Greenberg off because I was hoping when we do the show, Barry would be like, "What? No Robin Hood?"
0: There it is. All right then. Well with yeah let's it, it's been a this has been I think it's fair to say the summer sucked overall, but the Definitely. year overall has been pretty stinking good for movies
1: well, the thing is yeah Hollywood movies suck now, but if you you know you look in the right places you'll find awesome movies
0: absolutely yeah and and let me go on record I said this before we started recording, but I have absolutely no problem with if any of the movies on my top ten list ended up being anyone's number one, I have no problem with it. that's how good a year it's been as far as I'm concerned mmm. So yeah, And even some stuff on my honorable mention list. I mean, it's just been that good a year. So I'm, we're going to kick it off. We're just going to cycle through. I'll do our 10s, 9s, and count our way up. I'm going to start off with number 10, which is, for me, a uh, German zombie film I saw at the Mile High Horror Festival this year entitled Rambach. And it's just the probably the most effective use of the zombie genre for storytelling that I've seen in a long, long time. Uh, the movie's only an hour long, but it's so effective in its use, it feels like it's a full-length feature film because the characters are successfully completely fleshed out there's tension throughout the whole film, and yes, there are zombies, yes, it's incredibly gory, but at the root of this, this is a truly a character piece, and all the characters are fascinating and engaging all the way through, even the characters you don't like, and it's a it's a thrill ride for that hour the whole way through, and it's only been shown, I think, twice in North America, but if you have a chance to watch it, you need to see this movie. You will not regret it. So, uh, Ethan, why don't you go ahead and give us your number 10?
1: Oh, just one more little preface. Uh, the IMDb, IMDB dates on these are f Like, I, I went by some movies. I know they premiered at film festivals last year, but they came out this year. Or some movies came out at film festivals this year, but they'll come out next year, but I totally mixed it up and was like, whatever. I'll and that's what I, what I, I did want. with
0: this. And that's what I did with Best movie, best Worst Movie last year and uh, an Official Rejection. So yeah, if we see it this year and it either releases this year or next year, that's all I care about, frankly.
1: Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, my number ten is Dogtooth from Greece. Uh, one of the most unique films I've seen in a while and just a great film about parenting, you know?
0: <laughs> okay. I haven't had a chance and, to see
1: it yet. Uh, okay. And uh, this movie, it's very haunting it like there's the climax in particular has stuck with me and there's really weirdly funny stuff in it too i particularly a nod to flash dance i wasn't expecting but yeah check it out i almost don't want to talk about it too much because revealing too much takes away some of the pleasures of the film
0: fair enough right on jack what's your number 10
2: um, as Ethan said, it's no Robin Hood, but it is Greenberg, and it is fantastic. I really do love this movie a lot. And, yeah, he's not a likable character, but that's what makes him such a good character.
1: Exactly! <laughs>
2: it's, it's, I'm tired of just likable guys. If I want to go see a likable guy, I'll go see, I don't know, Valentine's Kevin Day. D- <laughs> oh. I don't know, well Valentine's Day. <laughs> I, I loved the fact that he was a an asshole and it just, it made it such a more interesting movie
1: for me. And yeah, there's so many scenes and even like, this is going to make me look bad that I kind of related to like the party scene where he's on cocaine. I think it was amazing. And I've had yes. so many conversations like that with hipsters or, uh, or that scene where he's, uh, they're trying to have the birthday, the birthday song from at the, the restaurant. And he's like, sit on my dick. Uh, yeah. Okay. Awesome scenes.
2: Well, I, I think that's it. He It is relatable because he is an asshole, and we're all a bit of an asshole, let's face it.
1: Yeah, like, I just I just see him, though, being like me in 20 years, so I related <laughs> to it a lot.
0: So was it a cautionary tale or something to celebrate, Ethan?
2: We'll see, Dave, we'll see. <laughs> I'd be happy to be him in 20
1: years. The awkwardly eating out chicks?
2: Yeah. And that wow. hair? Wow.
1: Oh, okay. well, yeah. yeah, that was good. <laughs>
0: Okay, let's move on to number nine. <laughs> Sorry, I just can't help but laugh at that. All right, now I need to see this movie. Uh, number nine is the be- what I think is the best document- documentary I saw all year, and that is Exit Through the Gift Shop. Uh, movie absolutely blew my mind. I love street art in the first place, but to have it be kind of a documentary or kind of not, it's almost like the catfish you know, argument and discussion that's going on right now. I think regardless of whether it's real or not all the way through, I really don't care. It was an interesting look at the, at the subculture of street art and a great criticism of pop art in general. I thought it was a fascinating film all the way through. So, yeah, I don't know. And and it was funny. I, I guess I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. I just loved it. I'll try not to gush too much because I know it'll be on at least one other person's list higher up, so I'll leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> Ethan, why don't you go with number nine?
1: My number nine is the epic five and a half hour Carlos from Olivier Asayas. About Carlos the Jackal, a notorious terrorist, and in all five and a half hours, you see him be the most go from the most compelling, handsome dude in the room to this pathetic man with love handles. And I, this movie, I know you hear it's about a terrorist, and you're like, oh, but it plays out more like a great crime epic, or even like I mentioned, The Wire, which I've been watching recently. And yeah, and uh, SAS's direction is fantastic. Like he uses like weird a lot of like '80s new wave music during montages in it, and it's awesome. And yeah, again, it's five and a half hours, but honestly, it felt half as long as the Green Hornet.
0: All right, how, how is Bruce Willis in it?
1: <laughs> he uh, he has his moments.
0: And then John Reno. Okay, sorry. Okay, Jack, what's your number nine?
1: Uh,
2: My number nine is uh, I Love You, Philip Morris. Um, The most interesting romantic comedy I've seen in a long time and far better than any romantic comedy I've seen in a long time, about two straight people. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. I think Carrie gives a fine performance. Um, I think Ewan McGregor, there's a really lovely scene in it with Ewan McGregor where he's just um, looking at, uh, I think he's looking at fortunes and fortune cookies and he gets really annoyed with one which it, it, that summed up the whole movie for me of just this kind of one. There's just some wonderful things in it. It's it's amazingly how I'm amazed at how snuck under the rug it's been in America because it got quite a nice wide release over here.
1: But um, that's what happens.
0: We're all scared we're going to catch Tegay from the screen.
1: <laughs> I catch Tegay once.
0: Did you? Did you? Well, you not wanted to, it, though. you wanted to be uh, Stanley Tucci in Easy in A, so there you go. Oh no, that was Jack. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to number eight is another film that I saw on the festival circuit. You were talking about the festival circuit earlier, Ethan. Uh, the Drum and Will that I saw from the UK at the uh, Stars Denver Film Festival. It's one of these films that's such absurdist comedy that either you're going to roll with it right away or you're not. And I was along from the, ri- for the ride from the get go. When you have a straight laced John Cleese, Tony Randall type you know, one of the main characters is just that straight man, it's fun to watch him have to continually put up with the insanity around him until he hits the breaking point. And once you hit that breaking point, the movie just pays off in ways I couldn't imagine in a glorious and beautiful way. It's it's all It almost takes place in this town kind of like the, the town in Hot Fuzz, but everyone's more insane. And it is just so much fun. It, once again, whenever it comes out, wherever it comes out, seek it out, watch it.
2: I'm really desperate to see this film. They played it once near me, and I couldn't make it. It looks fantastic.
0: Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, sir. Well, well I'll have to see if I can pull any strings to get you a copy or something. <laughs>
2: cool. Actually, I want to
1: say one last thing about Carlos. Yes. Don't watch the bullshit two-and-a-half-hour version. <laughs> watch the full five, five-and-a-half, okay, people? It's like watching
0: the theatrical cut of, of Red Cliff. If you're going to watch it, watch the whole thing. Yeah. Right on.
1: What's your number eight, Ethan? Uh, The aforementioned X Through the Gift Shop. uh, A film, honestly, there's been this, is it real or is it just a Banksy piece? Eh, But the thing is, at the end of the day, it's one of the most entertaining films I've seen all year. And uh, it really opened my eyes to the idea of art and what is cliche within it because when i saw mr brainwash it just repeat <laughs> that same shit over and over again and see people praise it it got me so angry and it made me say to myself i have to be i have to bring so much care to criticism and appreciation of art so yeah,
0: yeah i th- i think excess for gift shop has two sides to it one is don't fall in line with whatever is popular and and rolling at the moment you know ooh everyone else says it's cool so i'm going to say it's cool and make a bs about why it's cool at the same time I think the film almost also would say, you know, like what you like, and you know, if you like it, cool. If not, no worries. Which is why I think one of the great things about all the showing all the different street artists—some of them are were great, and some of them, eh, whatever. But yeah, yeah, it's such a good. This book. is a.
2: This is another one I'm desperate to see. I just bought it today. I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Oh yes, I want to know what you think about it, sir. Mm-hmm. Right on. All right, what is your number eight, Jack?
2: My number eight is um known in America as the ghost writer over here is the ghost. Um I think Roman Polanski really did a good job with this. It kept me uh, the mystery of it kept me thoroughly interested. I thought uh right to, up to the end it was just a, a great performance again from Ewan McGregor. Uh, I thought Pierce Brosnan was really good in it as well. Uh just this it it kind of had this sort of odd island Wicked ish vibe about it, but of course, nothing like the Wicked Man at all. And it, the ambience around this kind of mystery was so engrossing to me and uh, and just oddly funny at points. They just work so well.
1: I, yeah, I, I love, oh, you were saying stuff. No, no, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I was to say, I, I love the film. I just, I saw it so early in the year that I, it just is not fresh enough in my mind. If like if I'd watched it again, it would probably easily be on my top 10, but alas,
2: just watched it again recently and it, it felt just exactly the same. i lost nothing
1: from it., I can yeah, really. hate myself that the time I spent watching Grown-ups is time I could have spent watching <laughs> the Ghost Rider again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is one to steal a phrase from Jack. I'm pretty desperate to see. I can't wait to see this film at some point. It Looks very interesting um guess we'll move on to number seven and this would be one out shoot I, I forgot who's whose honorable mention list it was in but shutter island i actually just saw this today and it made me reorder my stupid list <coughs> and the interesting thing yeah i it this movie just is such a great it's such a g- great mind job all the way through but because scorsese's doing it i'm not the biggest scorsese fan but i'm absolutely more than willing to give props where props are due the way the story and direction was handled was the film made sense all the way through there was no oh that was a cheat you know you really didn't have that feeling throughout the film it it really was very natural dicaprio's performance is knocks it out of the park uh you know it's funny i was talking about with with my wife about some of his earlier work you know looking at you know the beach or growing pains you like the really crappy early stuff (laughs) and just what a great actor he has become over the past few years
2: I completely agree
0: Mark yeah Mark Ruffalo was great as as Chuck his partner slash whatever he might be uh, we'll leave that alone. Mm. Uh, ben Kingsley was pulled off compassionate yet sinister so well that the, there wasn't a wink link in the, in this film it, it really is a compelling film all the way through
1: I, I thought Patricia Clarkson was the best performance in the film. yeah yeah very good performance.
0: I don't think there's a bad
2: one in the movie. I hear a lot of people complaining about the ending. I really like the ending. I did too.
1: I I think as I I read the book before I saw the movie, so knowing everything that was going on, I sort of just you know saw I watched it for the style more so, and I was very satisfied on that level. And I don't think the twist is as big of a deal as people make it out to be. I think it's kind of clear from the beginning, and it's all about watching it unravel less than being like, "Oh shit, that was it." Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, sometimes we, we it's very easy to get caught up in trying to figure out what the twist is as opposed to just letting a film happen, which I'm very glad I was able to do with this. It's, yeah, it paid off in spades for me. Great movie. So uh, number seven for you,
1: Ethan. That would be Scott Pilgrim versus The World. Nice. Now, as I remember when I was 13, my dad showed me The Phantom of the Paradise to say, this was my generation. When I have children... Assuming someone will ever have sex with me. Oops. Can you edit that out of the show? Nope. Uh, I will show this movie to them.
0: (laughs) Nice. Nice. And
1: I think it's it's just an amazing technical achievement, too. Like, the editing in it is insane. The sound design, the cinematography, just the pure energy of the movie. I thought on the second viewing it would be a little tiresome, but... It holds up beautifully and I I just love it. I can see my I can see myself like just seeing this movie maybe like a hundred times before I die. So I love it.
0: And the special thing is that the the story matches up you know, lives up to the film as well. And, you know, as you guys were talking about with Greenberg, I think part of the the charm of the film is that, you know, Scott Pilgrim's a dick. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, like like Jack said, we all have that in us somewhat, and, you know, it's about finding someone who's willing to put up with it, and you put up with theirs, and it's just all good. So, you know, it's it's a great film on so many levels. And having, you know, just
1: as a teenager growing up, you know, seeing so many friends' bands perform at, like, venues, it just it had that extra level of relatability. Just, you know, I felt like I was young Neil. <laughs>
2: <laughs> nice.
0: Nice. Jack, what's your number seven?
2: Uh, my number seven is a film I don't think is actually on release anywhere yet it's uh, Submarine the best thing I saw at London Film Festival Uh, they're showing it at at Sundance this year brilliant brilliant it deserves to be there it is just it's wonderful it's um, Welsh Woody Allen fun 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 Richard Ioad did really knocked it out of the park, creating this his very own style that worked so well on the film. I'm really happy with how this turned out. Performances from the younger actors are fantastic, and Sally Hawkins and Patty Considine really just were just are so nice together. I'm so happy with this film. It's it's the I think it's the second highest um, UK film on my list, uh, and. It's nice to see something this good come out of the UK because we can get a little bogged down with rubbish over here.
0: <laughs> now, as know, I have a very important question for you. I'm very curious to see this film, but as someone who has tried watching the the IT crowd and not being able to get into it, should I still watch mm. Submarine?
2: Well, I think it's more in your opinion of Richard Iowadi, though I don't think it's completely like him. Okay. Uh, if you like it, I mean, he, he's. I can imagine the aircraft being very difficult for people to get into. I like it. I don't think it's the most amazing sitcom in the world, but it's fun. Uh, submarine, I'd say I, I, I urge anyone to check Submarine out. Okay. I really loved it.
0: Right on. I will have to check it out. I, I have to. And then, uh, all right. I guess that brings us to number six. We're cruising through this, relatively speaking. I'm, I'm kind of happy with how quick this is going.
1: I'll slur my words to. <laughs> there you go. Make it go slower.
0: In my number six, to steal a joke from, uh, from Phil Junk is. <laughs> sorry, um, Inception. So, so DiCaprio shows up twice on my list this year. What I really appreciate about this film, we've talked about it in depth, so I won't go super long on this, but the thing that continues to strike me about this movie is that, yes, it is a movie you have to keep up with, and uh, yes, it's a movie you have to think about, but it's, again, not a movie that's going to take cheats, and it's a movie that, if you're willing to keep up with it, will take you through the whole way. And yes, it leaves some questions unanswered, but it's it's more for discussion with your friends than taking away from the actual movie.
1: Uh, the re- I loved it this first time I saw it, but I'll say the rewatch was pretty rough.
0: Really? I loved it the second time.
1: The dialogue in it is painful to listen to. Like, just painful. Like, every character in the movie talks like an instruction manual. I nearly, like, I nearly turned off the movie the second time I watched it. I could not, I was just like, every scene was like, no, this dream level subconscious goes there. No, you can't go to that subconscious because the level does, it's like, oh my God, like, talk about baseball or something. (laughs) I'm really looking forward to watching this again. Um, I'm just
2: waiting to find someone who hasn't watched it to watch it with, because I like to introduce people to things. (laughs)
1: Nice. Like, I just think for a movie that people say is so smart, if it were so smart, it wouldn't talk down to the audience in every scene of the movie. <laughs> I still like every, virtually everything else about it. Like, I think the action's great, the the brr, great, the cinematography's great, the art direction's great, it's uh, emotionally engaging, the performances are good, eh, but just whenever someone talks, oh. <laughs> okay. I was thinking about the
2: bra today. Because it seems to be popping up in everything. It's in Shutter Island. It's in Tron. Yeah, I noticed well, that when we were watching profession. Shutter Island today. I was all I heard was "bram."
1: I'm
0: like, "Oh wow, I've heard that before." <laughs> yes. All right. Well, what's your number? Number six, Ethan.
1: Uh, my number six is "Certified Copy" from Abbas Kirastomi. Uh This was a movie that frustrated me incredibly, but I saw such potential brilliance in it. Like I saw so much in it, there's such a complex movie that it demands so much that I'm like, there's no way I cannot award this film a spot on my list. And it's a film I will definitely see again. It's a movie that confronts the idea of truth and fiction, very, obviously very meta. And I wanna just see this movie again and pour over it. And though what kept me going the first time was the performance by Juliette Binoche, which is just stunning. And yeah, I I love this film.
0: Right on, cool. Jack, what's your number six?
2: Uh, number six is Scott *Pilgrim Versus the World*, and I especially agree with everything Ethan said. It, I, I don't think any more. really needs to be said. It's just a really, uh, it, it's just really well made, really fun, really. I, I love the dialogue. I love the characters. I love this movie so much. I have a seven foot stand of it in my room. This nice. is um this is probably the film I had the most fun with in uh 2010. More than Jackass, huh? Uh, as much as I love Jackass, um, <laughs> I did. Have, I, I I think especially with the Comic Con crowd that I saw Scott Pilgrim with. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> That's a special experience for sure.
2: Very much so.
0: All right, and and let me make a note, just a little side note with my top six movies. I could literally pretty much much assign a number to each side of a six-sided die, roll it, and be like, all right, there's number one. So these are almost interchangeable, but they're not. I had to rank them. Uh, Moving up to number five, uh, I had to go with Toy Story 3. I think this is one of the most emotionally, the, the movies I connected most with emotionally this year uh it, it confronts very adult themes it's almost takes the harry potter route of every movie becomes a little bit more mature and this one really has to do with growing up and and kind of putting away your childhood to an extent although that's a very almost conflicting message for some geeks including myself but still it's 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 i thought it was an incredibly mature film especially the end i'll just leave it at that um uh, yeah, this movie completely blew my mind, and the last 15 minutes or so, or uh, the, the, the closing of the series, I'll say, were beautiful.
1: That's well, I did thinking. think the ending worked. I assume you guys, because we were talking about beforehand, have listened to Film Junk and Jay repeatedly bringing up how he doesn't like the uh, <laughs> sentimentality of it, and I think he, he's kind of onto something, even though I think it works.
0: Mm-hmm. It, it, it does border on it. schmaltz. Like, just that sappy kind of... Uh, uh, of Emotionalism, but I, I still think it worked, and it, it connected very well with me.
1: Yeah, basically. Like, I, I didn't cry, but I was like, yeah, that's good. Yeah, all right. As much as I'm, as much as I'm
2: a geek, I'm a hopeless romantic, so worked for me.
0: Exactly, yes. Yes, indeed. All right, what was your number five, Ethan? Uh,
1: my number five is Blue Valentine, which I just saw on Friday, and I, I thought was pretty awesome. Uh, it has an incredibly John Cassavetes feel to it, and... Uh, it's, it's a tough, it's a really tough movie, but I weirdly, I didn't want it to end. I just, I weirdly, it's not like I was getting off in the misery of these people. I just was so engrossed. And uh, Ryan Gosling, I think, gives the best performance of the year in the film. Uh, he, in, he, you see him as a young man and as an older guy, and in the older segments, he's aided by his balding hairline in a eagle shirt he wears, but he makes that evolution into his, of his character, it feels so natural. And Michelle Williams is no slouch either. She's brilliant. And uh, this is a movie I think people should see in debate and say, wh- why did their love fall apart in the film? I think it's because she never loved him. He was just different than everyone else in her life. And he did love her. And I've, that just made the movie really heartbreaking for me. And I identified with some things in it and that made me feel bad, so. Check it out.
2: Right on. Cool. Is Michelle Williams as good as she was in Dawson's Creek? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> How can you
0: be that good?
1: I, speaking I actually, of that, I decided to follow a James Vanderbeek on Twitter recently. <laughs> <laughs> so you have some interesting insights. Not even. It's just like <laughs> King's speech was great. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I actually just got given an oral presentation on Dawson's Creek and Freaks and Geeks for my class. I cannot like wait. How different they are. Like, no, it it's just on the American teen drama. Interesting. Yeah. I freaking love Dawson's Creek. I love the drama in that show.
1: <laughs> it is. It is. It is a good show. I will say.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: I mean, it's not as good as The O.C. I was, I'm a big The O.C. fan, but... Oh, yeah. I like Dawson's League.
2: Nice. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what's, your, what's your number five, Jack? Uh, my number five is The Social Network. Um, yeah, uh, really just... I think more than anything in this film, as much as I love Finch's directing work, it's the script the shine through of this. Really just power, uh, wonderfully written, brilliant dialogue, uh, can be engrossed uh, the whole way through for a film that I was kind of doubting when I first heard it, like everyone else was. Um, no, I, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of the Accidental Billionaires book. I think this is a far better film than the book. Cool. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg, very good. Andrew Garfield, nice American accent. And, and also Justin Timberlake, who knew really. Um, <laughs> Army, don't forget
1: Ar- Army Hammer. I think is awesome in the movie. Oh, of course,
2: yeah, he he is great as well. I, I know I, the cast is wonderful. The um, it's a very wonderful film.
1: I was just thinking, if Inception is blah, then in Social Network is boom, <laughs> do 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 boom, do do boom. I've been listening
0: to that score for the past two weeks straight, and it's just so good. Yeah, and and actually, that's my number four. So I'll just make it the lead-in like that. I agree with you completely, Jack. I think the biggest surprise, uh, I guess that's the only really only way to put it, is surprise would be Jesse Eisenberg, just because the way he plays Zuckerberg is so counter to every other performance I've seen him in.
1: Oh, and I wanted to bring up the biggest tool on the movie blogosphere, John Campia, who says that Jesse Eisenberg's performance shouldn't, he shouldn't be nominated for it because it wasn't challenging, because all it was was him talking in a nerdy voice, which is the dumbest fucking thing (laughs) I've ever heard coming from a movie blogger.
0: Oh my gosh, that, wow, that's like Armand (laughs) White levels of stupid.
1: It's like, so he has to like be a schizophrenic stripper to like be Oscar worthy? Oh my
0: Thanks. gosh! The way he carried himself is completely different. The confidence he exudes—yes, the the dialogue from Aaron Sorkin absolutely helps this film in amazing amounts of ways. Uh, there's, oh man, what's really fascinating is that before Ben Button, Fincher was said has always said he has no heart, he has no soul. So then he makes Benjamin Button not as a response, but he just makes it in the course of his career. And was like, oh, he's too, too sentimental. And then people are like, oh, he doesn't have <laughs> enough heart with this movie. I'm like, people, he's a filmmaker. It's gonna be different. One thing, um, I, I picked up the Blu-ray this week and one of the interesting things is that it's not uncommon for him to literally do like 100 takes of a hundred takes of a shot and the, the interesting yeah. thing was that, that, that um, Jesse Eisenberg he was all about it, like he was disappointed when they were done doing the takes for the day he's like this lets me get into it and get into the role and really hone my craft And it, it really shows that's a strong there isn't a, a, a weak performance in the film once again I mean, I'm going to be saying that over and over for the next few films
2: but and again, it's another Dick character in the lead role. I think 2010 was the lead of Dick characters.
0: That's, that's a good uh, observation there, sir. <laughs> yes.
1: All right, what is your number four, Ethan? Uh, my number four is Somewhere. Uh, a movie I just saw a second time earlier today, and I love this movie. I just want to bathe in its cinematic glow. I I just, I just found there's something, even though it's kind of a sad movie, I I found something just about the atmosphere of the movie, I find very comforting, and uh, something I liked about the movie, we were speaking about the main characters, how the main character of this movie isn't actually that complex of a guy, he's, like, he feels, you know, strong emotions, but honestly, he's not the most intelligent or deep person, but I like that about it, that it's just even just those things we feel can make the compelling narrative and uh, i think it's Sophia coppola's most assured film her command of her visuals in it is amazing uh how all the music is almost like entirely diegetic and yeah i i found this movie just incredibly powerful and just cool and interesting and i can't wait to watch it again and again and again
0: well just so we don't have too much agreement on this thing I, this was one of your favorite movies right too right jack
1: no,
2: <laughs> no, I don't get this movie. I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't think I could disagree more on this one. It just, it really didn't work for me at all. Just looking at Steven Dorff, just watching those drippers, it just. Uh,
1: I, I, and, uh, I, w- I wanted to say, seeing this in a theater with an audience. Like I knew like going in, it was like, if this is a full audience, this is going to be an interesting experience. (laughs) And it was pretty, it was pretty packed. And like, um, two people walked out during the second stripper scene. But for the most part, like, I mean, the opening scene with the car, I, you could hear a few like, I don't know about this, but I think, I think if you can get into that scene, if that scene, you're like, okay, this is what the movie is. Then you're on for the ride. I think it just, it, says it all for me when Stephen Dolph
2: falls asleep during the stripping. Okay. <laughs>
0: all right, then. Well, then let's go ahead and move on to Jack's number four. Uh, my number
2: four is Four Lions. Ooh, Four Lions. Um, really enjoyed this movie a lot. Uh, as much as it, it is funny, It is a, definitely it is a funny movie. Well, I think it's more than that, because what it says about these characters and what they're doing is such a kind of interesting character examination, and you start believing that you feel for these characters, something you wouldn't think you would do for a uh, a suicide bombing, usually, and you just get really involved in them, and I don't know, it's, it made me question so many of my morals after I saw this movie. I, Really know it, and I think it actually should be higher on my list, but like your list my kind of five, four, three, and two are interchangeable Not
1: number i one, I, uh, I enjoyed it, but I think it's this year's in the loop for me that it's really funny, but I feel like just the accents made me miss out on so much of the comedy
2: Damn <laughs> uh, are British accents, <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, then. <laughs> Okay. Um, and, oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> all right, cool. No worries. All right, so that brings us up to number three. Um, I actually had to see this movie a second time to see where it would fall in my top, in my top ten. I actually, initially, it was a bit lower, but True Grit from the Coen brothers just blew my full mind. We have I don't know the last time we've had a Western of this quality come out in, in cinemas. And the, what really bother, bothered me the first time was honestly the uh, dialogue, the delivery of the dialogue it seemed a little bit contrived it seemed a little bit forced but watching it a second time it feels so natural and Jeff Bridges I mean we're talking about the year of the dick. I mean he, he's just a, he's just an ornery old bastard in this movie.
1: <laughs> I think this movie, one of the funniest scenes in any movie this year is that scene where Matt Damon is talking to the girl and he's like, I was considering stealing a kiss from you. <laughs>
0: Yes, he, he's a different kind of jerk, and yeah, it, it's just, I mean, it's its beyond just the, the young female lead really, you know, knocking it out of the park. This is just a solid movie all over the place, it's got good adventure, it's got great performances all over the place. I love John Goodman's cameo, that was hilarious.
1: Wait, John Goodman? I thought he was not it. Who was he?
0: Hang on, let me make sure, let me make sure. Right now you're going to make me look it up, damn. If I'm wrong, I'm gonna feel so stupid. Trust me. If I saw John,
1: John Goodman, I would have like yelled out in the theater. Hang on. You See now when I see it, all I'm gonna be doing is looking for John Goodman.
0: Let me make sure I'm right or wrong first. Uh, let's see here. I'm gonna
2: look, be looking for someone who looks like John Goodman.
0: Oh, I I my I was wrong. My bad. I thought it was him. Damn. <laughs> who, wait, who did you think was him? Though I thought it, I thought he was the 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 bigger guy that they caught in the cabin. No. Yeah, that was my bad. <laughs> it was a great John Goodman impression, I meant to say. Um, I do love yeah. me some John Goodman, though. Yeah, yeah, oops. But it was it was phenomenal all the way through. I loved it. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's go ahead and move on, Ethan. What do you got?
1: My number three is The Social Network, a film that everyone hated and nobody saw, so I really need to you know, <laughs> stick up to <for> it. <laughs> But uh, yeah, the great thing about this movie is that I think virtually anyone can be entertained by it. It just, it moves at such a quick pace. It's so slickly made, but it retains all its artistic merit, and uh, I think it's a good representation of this generation in terms of business, How and uh, how it's all young guys now, these young entrepreneurs on their computers, and uh It's a great film, too, about, like, alienation and anger and having issues with the ladies. And, again, the score is amazing. I was blown... I'm blown away. I I listen to the score constantly. And, yeah, I... Not a lot more to say that hasn't been said before. Now, did you pick up the Blu-ray yet, Ethan? Well, if I had a Blu-ray player here to watch it on, I certainly would, but... uh,
0: Fair enough. The, the behind-the-scenes documentary that's almost two hours long is great. Like, the behind-the-scenes features on this thing are amazing, too.
1: Is there any good uh, Fincher being a dick? Um,
0: No, it's just very assertive all the way through. Everyone's everyone's No one's afraid to speak their mind on what they think about the movie, and everyone listens to each other, which is very interesting. I mean, it can get heated, but it's not, yeah, not dickish. So, yeah. All right, Ethan, what is your number three, sir? I mean, I'm sorry,
1: Jack. <laughs> Um, Good my
2: number three is Inception <laughs>
1: which yeah no we have to go to this level because that level has the <laughs> <laughs> yes very much
2: it, 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 it's a movie of exposition because it's it's something that
1: Needs to be explained, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, I, I really but, like visual film is a visual medium. Medium you show, you don't tell. If if the, your concept is that convoluted that you need every scene to be people explaining it, then your concept is inherently flawed. That's my opinion. Very true. it is
2: a very good argument. I I did have I did enjoy this movie quite a bit. I uh, as you said before, the actions uh, action scenes are all fantastic. The special effects are really really something to be marvel at. Uh, and I think it, I do think it is a smart movie I think it's a very smart movie And it's nice to see a smart movie With that type of budget And um, no it probably engrossed me I don't think there's much I can say That hasn't been said about this movie This is the problem with the good movies coming out in summer We have nothing to say it's about them When the time the top ten lists come about uh, No I, I do enjoy it
1: Even and I will admit it does have flaws But I still think it's a thoroughly good movie I do. I mean, I do. I feel bad that it sounds like I hate it when I still really enjoy it. But I know. I think the fact that it appeared very high on someone's list is uh, <laughs> makes me a little more uh, critical. It almost
0: made it that high on my list. I'll be honest. There was a point where I was thinking about it.
1: Okay.
0: I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, that brings us to number two, which was actually on Ethan's <laughs>
1: Number two. Unlike our worst of the list, it doesn't.
0: Number one isn't number two. Uh, number two for me was on Ethan's honorable mention he mentioned earlier, I adored The Fighter. Uh, I'm not the biggest boxing fan in the world, and the fact that this film dragged me in and engrossed me so deeply and thoroughly, and entertained me so thoroughly, really says something to the, to the quality of this film. It is very fair to say that this movie is all Christian Bale's movie, even though the, car- the really film really does center around Sir Mark Wahlberg. This is not a Marky Mark movie, it's a Mark Wahlberg movie. But their interactions as brothers, really you really buy that their family. You buy the frustration. And again, it's, it'd be really easy to write off Christian Bale as, oh, he, this is another movie where he gets skinny.
1: But he's funny, that's the thing. And he's funny and he's charismatic. He's like, <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> I am Batman. Uh, no, but- I am the spider. <laughs> and Amy Adams was hilarious in this movie.
1: Yeah, it's like God take me a movie way to uh, read yeah yeah
0: when <laughs> <laughs> they go to see the foreign film and the part when the whole family comes over to her apartment and she's like oh. I will knock the F out of you that was such a brilliant the, the movie is thoroughly entertaining all the way through the boxing you can tell what's going on without it being shaky cam the the characters are incredibly engrossing they're they're once again this is just a really really good movie I, I'm so glad I caught this in the, on the big screen love it yes. Your number two, Ethan? Uh,
1: my number two is Uncle Boon Me, who can recall his past lives from, wait for it, a pitch it song, We Are Rastical.
0: Well done, sir.
1: Otherwise known as Joe. But anyway, <laughs> uh, this film, uh, I've only seen, the only other Joe film I've seen is Tropical Malady. And what Joe has done is he's kind of made a filmic universe, almost like uh, Kevin Smith. Uh, But uh, there's, like, a character in um, Tropical Malady at one point says, I had an uncle who can't recall his past lives, and that character shows up in Uncle Boon Me. And the thing is, there's a lot of strange things in this movie that when you see it, you'll be just totally flabbergasted by, but my advice is just take it at face value. Sit there and enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And just the also the technical achievements of this film the sound mix in it is crazy I just I just want to have the sound mix on my iPhone and just listen to it as I fall asleep Mm -hmm. and uh, the cinematography is gorgeous too Uh, Joe he's like Every reel of the film, he's like evoking different eras of cinema and I you know, I didn't even catch that the first time I saw it. I had to like read an interview with him and I'm like, oh my god, this movie is so just awesome. And it's only it's the best I've felt leaving a movie this year. When I that movie ended and I was walking out, I remember it was raining, but I felt incredible. I felt in the most zen state of mind I've ever been walking out of a film.
0: Right on. I'm so bummed I missed this from the Denver Film Fest. I'm so because I really wanted to catch
1: this. Probably saw some bullshit Boy in His Bike indie movie with uh, Ed Burns or something. No, I
0: I, I, I missed the Ed Burns movie. I did. (laughs) No, no. I don't remember what I watched. I watched so much stuff. Yeah.
2: And Jack, what is your number two? Uh, My number two is uh, Toy Story 3. I've grown up with Toy Story movies. The first one came out when I was five years old, and it made a huge impact then. And the second one I loved even more. And this one, the fact that it came out the summer I was going to university, it just impacted on me in such a great way. I took my mum to see it, as I'm sure she took me to see the first two. And the moment when Andy's mum says, uh, that, I just don't want you to leave, I looked over at my mum and I nearly burst into tears. <laughs> um, it was funny.
1: funny same situation with me I saw this movie with my family I saw it with my stepmom and my two younger sisters and they never commented on that and it was like such an obvious thing to talk about but never came up
2: oh. I, it just uh, it, it affected me and it had it had moments in it that are so strong especially for an animated movie I don't like saying that because an animated movie can be damn strong yeah and uh uh, it's, it, I thought it was wonderful. It, it made me laugh. It nearly made me cry. Actually, you know, it did make me cry twice. <laughs> and um, no, it's. Uh, it, I think it. I think it's actually. I think mean, for me, Pixar's strongest realm. I can see why people wouldn't think it would be, but coming around the time of my life when it did come out, it worked superbly.
0: Nice, very cool. Yeah, the, uh, you know, seriously, like that, that, like all these movies have sat at number one at some point. I'm like, oh, there's no way a movie can be better than this. And you're like, well, there goes that idea. And it just keeps happening over and over again. And for me, my number one ended up being the one movie this year that actually left me dumbfounded and mostly speechless after I finished it because of just how impressive it was and how much it really affected me and really made me think about it even to this day. And that would be the uh, that would be Darren Aronofsky's Black Swan. Oh,
2: uh-huh.
0: yeah, yeah, I. <laughs> Once again, we talk about no no performance is bad. Uh, Natalie Portman leaves it all on the screen on this movie. I mean, I, I think she goes places she's never been before and really just just really gives a, a truly honest performance on, on top of being a very solid performance. Aronofsky got that out of her and the, per, the direction. And when you think about the film, I really can't spoil how obvious what the storyline is going to be going into it. But still, once I figured it out, about fifteen minutes in, it was still a fascinating character study. And yes, it's dark. It's not like Requiem for a Dream messed up dark, but it still goes to incredibly dark places. And is I think an incredible, fascinating, uh, yeah, an incredible character study, and and look into a descent into madness, really. And the score is outstanding. I yeah, hmm. Milikonen. I uh, go ahead.
1: Uh, sorry, I wish that was on my honorable mentions. It should have been. It's it's a great movie.
0: Mila Kunis is, is honestly the comic relief in the movie because there's a scene near the end with a certain revelation and, and her reaction of was I good was made me laugh very hard and the special scene with uh, Natalie Portman taking care of herself with, with Barbara Hershey in the room is one of the funniest things I saw on screen all year.
1: I, something I wanted to mention about that movie, I was talking earlier about uh, Green Hornet, how I thought Gondry's flourishes didn't suit the film. Mm-hmm. I think this was a case where Aronofsky took material and he made it, he took his what he kind of has been going, his fad lately the whole like handheld camera thing mm-hmm. and he applied that to this but it complemented it so well
0: It really did And that's why it's such a good film to me Yes, yeah, I, I think it's, it's great in every way. I, what I love is that it doesn't shy away from the erotic of it but it also doesn't shy away from being uncomfortable at the same time with it, which really leaves you in, in, an, in a very awkward place as a film goer and I, I really admired and respected that so, yeah. All right, Ethan, what is your number one? Dun, 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 dun,
1: dun, 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 dun. It is, uh... <laughs> Anybody want to guess?
0: I really, I am so bummed that I did not get to see Enter the Void.
1: Well, because that's the movie. Yeah. <laughs> the movie. And, yeah, this is a movie that, you know, I look at the films on my list, and you know what, I think Uncle Boon Me and Social Network are better films than this, but... This film, as a cinematic achievement, is so ahead of those movies. And how Noah he challenges cinematic language, How what he's doing with his editing, his cinematography, his art direction, his sound design, is just amazing. It's stunning. And I know people like complain about the acting, the dialogue. Yeah, it's bad, but you know what? It's like the salad bar at Pizza Hut. It's there, but no one eats it. And... <laughs> <laughs> this movie, too, on a story level, I, it very – it channels the emotions you feel when you're on very hard drugs, and that's – it. that was powerful to me, too. And it's a very rough movie, and it's maddening, and at it, and it 160 minutes, it's very, very, very effing long. But at the end of the day, it is so worth it, and it it sends you on an on optimistic note. So, yeah, I liked it. It is a brilliant film. It appeared on my top ten list last year. Wonderful
2: movie.
0: Nice. All right, Jack, you're the one to wrap it up. Give us a good one. What's your number one?
2: Um, my number one is about a man trapped in a box and it's called buried. And this movie set in it's 94 minute runtime. It's the only film of a runtime that I've memorized. (laughs) It it sent me through. Every emotion. I. Lost? I, I. Oh, lust. So much lust for Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's always been there. Since two guys will go out of Pizza Place, there has been lust for Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> I. I I, I, I admire this film so much. I think uh, Rodrigo Cortez is a director to look out for. I'm really happy to hear on the UK DVD release there, including a previous film of his I'm really looking forward to seeing. Uh, I, I, this, the way he shoots this box, they never leave the box. I can't believe they never leave the box. That was my biggest problem of 127 hours is they left The Rock. You can't believe it because that's what's happening. That's what's interesting is this man's struggle. And it's just Oh, and I just hated everyone else on the end of the phone like you're supposed to hate them because they are just idiots. And you just want so much for this man to get out of the box. No, he just can't. And even worse is when oh. they aren't idiots.
0: <laughs> I'll just say that I'm not gonna ruin anything, but
1: it was I'm a- just glad that he could get a cell phone connection uh, how many <laughs> feet deep into a box while in Iraq.
2: Don't bring that up. Don't bring that up. Because <laughs> that's just going to ruin it for me. <laughs> 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 now, I'm gonna, now, next time I watch it, all I'm going to be thinking about is no. <laughs> no I'm
1: it, nice. it, Yeah, it's a fun movie. Uh, it's weird. You know, I saw this movie with my mom, and she wanted to see it. It's like, let's go see that. And um, the first scene in the movie, he, you know, he, he gets the lighter up and he's in the box. He's, wait. he's like, wait, is the entire movie going to be like this? And I'm like, y- you're the one who wanted to see it. You picked the movie. Yeah, it's like, uh, what did you expect? You see,
2: I, 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 don't think I had really just, I, I thought this was going to be a fun movie when I walked in. I, I liked the idea. I liked the concept behind it. And it just—it it was one film that just really knocked me off my feet. The guy I took to see it was nearly in tears at the end, and it just—I loved the ending. The ending, just—I—I I mean, it, it couldn't have ended any other way. It's completely it's, heartbreaking. It would, it's completely heartbreaking, and he and Rodrigo Cortez does that awful thing where he tries to—he gives that little scene where he does get out of the box, except he doesn't, and it just—you know—it breaks your heart once again. This film loves to break your heart, and. No, I think this is the most impressive film I've seen all year. One of the most impressive films I've seen in a long time, actually. Uh, I loved everything about this movie. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: And, and Ryan Reynolds is the real deal in this movie,
2: too. Mm, definitely. definitely. Um, I, I, I really like Ryan Reynolds, actually.
1: Yeah. I do,
0: too. But, but sometimes there, there, there's been <laughs> criticism he can't quite pull off drama. And while he was mm. good in the nines... It was still kind of just. I I find him just a
1: little. I I, like he's perfectly likable, but there's still just a bit of bit of smarminess there. You know what I mean? I like the smarm. It's very British.
0: (laughs) Well, there it is.
2: But he's Canadian. Dun dun It's the same. It's the same thing.
1: (laughs) Oh, I disagree!
0: Wow. (laughs) There it is. There it is. All right. So so that has been our top ten list. I. This This has been a heck of a year, seriously.
1: Yeah. And I'm like looking I, forward to this. Uh, like I said, everyone's like, boo-hoo. But it's like there's movies. You know what? There are movies that come out that are not in the English language. Just a reminder, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to this year. I hope. I don't know if it can live up to the expectations that this year brought because of just how good the movies were overall. But we'll, we're gonna. I think next week we should go ahead and talk about what we're looking forward to for next year. For this year. Hell yeah! All right, cool. And Jack, I might rope you into coming on again if you're up for it.
2: Ah, uh, as I say, I have nothing better. I just sit in this room and wait for people to try and
1: contact me. Sweet, cool. I know I, what you mean, buddy. I know what you mean. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got dibs I, I got dibs for next weekend then um, So yeah, we'll, we'll do that next week Hopefully Barry will be feeling better and he'll be back as well uh, We don't have an email this week, but that's okay Or voicemail, uh, shoot us an email by all means hey, as I was do you want to read Barry's yeah. top ten? Uh, oh, I guess I can Hang on, let me pull it up here uh, The are in film You just want to take shots, don't you? Oh yeah alright <laughs> I'll, I'll do the same thing going from ten up Number ten, you have the ghostwriter yeah. uh, Yes Yes, number nine was Wall Street. Money never sleeps.
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> I walked out of Wall Street too. Really? I'd seen three other films that day, and just Wall Street too was just grating on my patience after a while. All right then.
1: I should have, but I didn't have anything better to do.
0: Okay. His number eight was the town.
1: Yeah. i really enjoyed this. Movie. It's a decent, you know, it's a decent movie, but. The problem is the third act. It's really, it's just, it just becomes this action movie when the movie is so f- structured like a character piece. It just becomes, yeah, I just it kind of lost me there. It's not a bad movie, and I love Jeremy Renner in it, but nah.
2: Eh. I agree with you on that one. The third act is not the strongest, and I really don't buy how Ben Affleck character Affleck's character ends up. It's a beard, that- <laughs> yeah, it was that, just that. Wow. I don't know, it's just, it's just where he was, and just the way, where it's set, and I was like, "That's not you. You can't live that life."
0: All right then. Okay. Well, uh, moving on. His number seven was "I Love You," Philip Morris. Uh, yes. Number six was Monsters, which I I couldn't quite roll with, but it is a it's a fine movie.
2: Did either of you see this? No. I did. Um, it's fine. It's 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 a tad slow for my liking. Yeah. But um, no, it's it's it, the effects are brilliant, and uh, especially on the budget they were. And, um, no, it's a it's, a, it's a definitely a good movie, but I wouldn't put it in my top ten.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think the biggest thing is that the fact that you have to bring up the budget in order to talk about it being a good movie, you can say this movie is a good move film. You know, if you can say it's a good film regardless of budget, that's one thing. But to say, well, it's really good, especially for the budget, it kind of gimps it a little bit. Definitely. Uh, his number four is Blue Valentine. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Number three is Cyrus. Yeah, okay. oh, that's Cyrus. Yeah, it's an interesting choice. Uh, number two was Black Swan. Great, great yeah. film.
2: Yeah.
0: And number one was <laughs> *Bong* Inception. But you're the architect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Robin Hood wasn't on the list? Oh no! Did I even skip it? Robin Hood yeah, was number yeah. five. My bad. Robin Hood was number five.
1: Oh, I, I seriously think he did that just to piss me off. You should see the movie, sir. No. Nobody else did. No, but think of, like, so many better movies I could watch. (laughs) Like Grown Ups? Yeah.
2: Oh, dang.
1: Disney Robin Hood. Just watch that.
0: Well, okay, I I really can't argue with that one. Um, Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Oh, hang on here. I'm just bringing something up. All right, so if you want to shoot us an email, by all means do. You can email us at podcast, Barry, Dave, Ethan, or Jack, all at screengeeks com. We are going to have Screen Geeks UK going, hopefully a heck of a lot sooner than later. I'm hoping I'm, I'm coding away like a madman. Um, I might even come <laughs> with with a better just temp template to start getting stuff posted just so we Mm -hmm. can get that rolling. Um, But yeah, and just one quick side note, uh, Starfest stuff is starting to come out. There's one thing I forgot to mention. If anyone here is planning on going to Starfest and you want to get a free ticket and are willing to do some live blogging for me, like three or four articles a day at most, like a paragraph or two, email me, davidscreengeeks.com. I can probably hook you up with with a three-day pass. Um, Yeah. So I'll just say that. And should I read off some of the potential guests that they've got lined up? Why not? Okay. Uh, the, now, the, they're, they essentially sent out a, a, a survey saying, who of these people would you like to see at this Starfest? Some people have already said, no, we're not going to tell you who, but we'll keep pursuing them if we get enough interest. Uh, we got Marina Baccarin from V and Firefly. Uh, LeVar Burton, the one and only, the Chin Bruce Campbell. Oh. Hmm. If I get to talk to that man, I will freak out, because I'm watching Burn Notice, and that show's amazing. Uh, Michael Dorn, Kate Mulgrew, yeah, whatever, John Noble from Fringe, which that, w- that would be really interesting and then the two that really kind of caught my interest were uh, simon Pegg and patrick stewart so yeah yeah I mean,
2: the, the upside is Pegg he's a really is, nice guy is he really 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 fun guy to talk to
0: yeah i met him ever so briefly at the sean of the dead screening here Denver when it came out but that was like quick get something signed say a sentence and that was about it so but he seemed like a cool guy
2: so yeah, definitely
0: <laughs> right on, cool, well, I guess we should go ahead and wrap this bad boy up so I can get it posted before the irrelevant uh Golden Globes. oh yeah <laughs> word yeah, yeah, if you haven't read the ain't it Cool post about the Golden Globes, it's well worth reading because it's hilarious just how much it busts on it.
1: I just like the always the uh the song they have before the show where they like take a top forty song they apply it to the Golden Globes <laughs> <sighs> I'm yeah. so glad they don't air it over here.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, sh- uh, I'll just read this top one from from Nikki Finky from uh, from Deadline Hollywood. The Golden Globes is a completely meaningless awards show by a scandal-riddled organization on a network desperate for ratings. That's why I <laughs> opt out of analyzing the nominations every year because the Golden Globes have zero integrity. Studios and networks who lavishly lobby the HFPA with almost always, oh, wait, who lavishly lobby them almost always score nominations. That would explain. Uh, uh, burlesque getting a nomination, I guess. Uh, stars win in direct correlation to the glamour quotient. Everything about the awards is geared towards hyping the media's interest and in the cast's ratings. Even the small motley group of 85 mostly freelancers who belong to the HFPA won't grant membership to the real foreign journalists at the prestige newspapers across the world. That's because the clique won't... doesn't want to... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, that's because... The click don't want to dilute the financial bonanza they receive from the studios and networks who arrange exclusive interviews about the years' movies and TV shows. NBC and Dick Clark Productions could clean up the globes, but choose not to. I'm like, dang.
1: I was going to say, I, I just imagine, I think a lot of the people like who vote for these things are the people like in somewhere who are asking Steven Dorff, who is Johnny Marco?
2: <laughs> wow, there it is. All right. Alice so. in Wonderland is nominated for Best Musical Comedy, right? Ugh. Is it really? That's just stupid. <laughs> and The Tourist, because it was funny.
0: <laughs> or something, yeah.
2: yeah and Alice in Wonderland was apparently funny.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Ugh. But Easy A wasn't. Oh, God. Sorry. Okay, we'll, we'll leave that whining and, and, and bitching to next week. Uh, <laughs> 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 but until then, y'all have a good week, and... Uh, Take care. This is
1: Dave. This is Iggy Pop's character from The Adventures of Pete and Pete. This is Just Jack.
0: Take care.